Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. The aftermath of a massacre. In online writings, he spews hatred about non-white people invading Western countries. He also predicts that a fight over gun rights here in the U.S. will help ignite a civil war along racial and religious lines. The multi-faith community comes together. And this is the strength of our community, and I wish we could spread this strength elsewhere nationally. So this is a difficult day for all of us, but particularly for the individuals of the Muslim faith. And this is our chance to say, you are not alone. We are with you in hearts, in spirit, and in action. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. New Zealand reeling from the worst massacre in its history. The latest evidence that the global terror threat is not contained by borders or ideology. George Stephanopoulos and Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas discussing the shooter's motives. Pierre, the killer in New Zealand so clearly a part of this white supremacist community that thrives on the internet, he fed off that world, sent his message right back into it. Yes, George, the alleged New Zealand killer appears to be fueled by anti-immigration sentiment and a deep-rooted belief in white supremacy. In online writings, he spews hatred about non-white people invading Western countries and their chilling ties to the U.S. Obsessed with race, the New Zealand suspect writes of Dylan Roof, the white supremacist who murdered those nine parishioners at a South Carolina church in 2015. He also predicts that a fight over gun rights here in the U.S. will help ignite a civil war along racial and religious lines. And it turns out that he was inspired by Anders Breivik, who murdered 77 people in Norway in 2011 because of racial hatred. George, just a few weeks ago, authorities stopped a lieutenant in the Coast Guard who was allegedly planning a massacre targeting top Democratic politicians. He, too, was researching Brevik. So the concern here is that white supremacists, just like their Islamic radicals, are using social media to spread their hate, develop recruits, and is leading to actual violence, George. And it's generally been treated as domestic terrorism, but now going global. George, unfortunately, hate is alive and well. According to the FBI, we've seen a dramatic spike in the number of hate crimes here in the U.S., an increase of about 17 percent when comparing 2016 to 2017. There were more than 8,000 victims and more than 6,000 suspects. 58 percent of the suspects were motivated by race, 22 percent motivated by religion. George, and there are some numbers that suggest that since 9-11, the attacks, uh, far-right radicals have been extremely active. In fact, between 2002 and 2016, far-right radicals were involved in nearly three-fourths of the fatal attacks here at home, though they killed slightly fewer people than Islamic radicals. This, according to the GAO. And posing a tough challenge for law enforcement. It's an extremely tough challenge. How do you deal with this, George? There are so many, pe so many people using the Internet. When does hate turn into actual violence. You don't know when that's actually going to happen. So police are here and around the world have to depend on the community to tell them when they feel like hate speech is evolving into something more sinister. And in the aftermath of New Zealand, in the Netherlands, three people have been killed in an attack on a tram, and a terror motive is the most plausible option. Nine have been wounded, 
three of them seriously. Well, the threat environment we're facing in Europe and the United States and other parts of the West is actually a lot different than it was, say, even 10, 15 years ago. Susan and Brian talking it out with counterterrorism authority John Cohen. So much of what is happening today is being fueled by what uh, disaffected, mentally unwell, uh, violence-prone individuals are seeing on social media and the Internet. So law enforcement you know, is increasingly aware uh, that uh, the people who are planning the next attack will look at what's online about past attacks. So there is real concern that uh, when we have uh, a high-visibility attack like we did in New Zealand, that that may serve to, uh, as an inspiration uh, to other would-be attackers. Uh, so there's always, a, in, in the period of time following one major high-profile attack, law enforcement is, is typically aware or on guard for uh, follow-on. All right. Is it come to, is any surprise to you that these attacks are occurring in countries like New Zealand or the Netherlands where there are lax gun laws? No, I mean, the driving fact, I mean, from my perspective, as a law enforcement and homeland security per, um, person, I mean, attackers will find weapons. Um, so lax gun laws, strong gun laws, uh, sometimes that's relevant, sometimes it's not. What really concerns me uh, is uh, the lack of awareness uh, that policymakers have in, in various countries across the West in, in just how the threat has evolved. Uh, it, it's much more of a decentralized threat. It's not based on people joining organizations. It has much more to do with uh, the behavioral characteristics of individuals. It's, it's influenced heavily by not only um, what is found on social media and the Internet, but what is being said by elected officials. So it's a very dynamic, it's very troubling, quite frankly, from a law enforcement perspective, because it, it, it's a very different issue uh, than what we've had to address in the past. And in many respects, it's more complicated. A lot of renewed calls now for extra funding for the Department of Homeland Security, other counterterrorism measures. What exactly can more funding do? What could uh, the, these agencies do with more money? Well, it's money and focus. Um, over the past two and a half years, uh, the Department of Homeland Security sort of has gone a little bit backwards and, and almost exclusively has focused on the threat posed by individuals who uh, come to the U.S. from abroad uh, who may represent a threat. Uh, what we've seen over the last five years, however, is that the primary threat to the United States comes from people who are here, people who uh, become inspired or, uh, or self-connect with some uh, extremist cause based on what they view online. They then go out and uh, commit an attack on behalf of an ideological cause, but independent of any terrorist or extremist group. Uh, there was a lot of progress that was being made in dealing with that threat. Uh, the department uh, has uh, focused on other priorities. So uh, hopefully these renewed calls or these calls that we heard over the weekend uh, will uh, see, you know, serve to uh, have the policymakers or the leadership of DHS uh, focus a little bit differently than they have been on the past couple of years. In western New York, a multi-faith prayer vigil held Sunday at the Islamic Center in Getzville. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul speaking to the hundreds gathered in somber spirit. You don't have to go through this alone because an attack on one member of any religious organization we believe is a attack on all of us. And we say that about what happens in New York and the United States, and indeed that covers the world. And when you think about what happened, 
and in one of the most serene, non-violent countries on this planet, to know that that tranquility was shattered by a madman who pledged his fidelity to white supremacism is a shock. But we also are naive if we think that's not, that's not happening elsewhere. And so we must remain vigilant. We must continue showing support at events like this and in our words, but also in our deeds and ensuring that, as Governor Cuomo did immediately upon this news, add additional security, to, to security patrols to mosques all around our state to say, we will protect these individuals and their right to religious freedom. And I'm delighted to be here to share that with you to make sure you understand that. But also to say I agree that it is incumbent upon elected officials to call these vile acts out and to ensure that we continue to fight those who believe that there are not enough guns in the hands of people. We reject that premise. We reject that hatred. And we reject the premise that any extremism or terrorists or white supremacists can get away with it in this day and age. And we will stand up and fight them. And I also want to call out the internet providers <coughs> who allowed this video to be seen by thousands of people around the world. It is hateful, it needs to be stopped, and they have a responsibility as well. So that is also our next step as well, because we have seen too much copycat situations where people will see it. And the internet, when it first came out, I remember talking about the fact that this will now be an instrument of peace, that we can share ideas across the world and make our countries and individuals stronger because of this. And when we saw what happened with the Silent Spring and other places, when we saw a rebirth in activism and positive energy used to fuel change, and that was what the internet was supposed to bring to us. And it, it is such a sad day for us to realize how it has been abused in a way that just fosters and feeds more into this, this inexplicable sense that someone has the right to destroy the lives of another in the name of some bizarre cause that I cannot even get my arms around. So this is a difficult day for all of us, but particularly for the individuals of the Muslim faith. And this is our chance to say, you are not alone. We are with you in hearts, in spirit, and in action. And you can count on all of us and the 20 million New Yorkers that I'm representing here today to say, we stand with all of you as you have stood with us. Because I've been in this mosque and we've had recognition of anniversaries after 9-11. And I was here when I heard individuals of this community call out that extremism and that terrorism more than I've heard anybody else. And you stood with us and all of us in rejecting hate and that is exactly what we're here to do today. So thank you for creating this opportunity. And uh, may peace be with every one of you. And our hearts go out to the, the families of the survivors. But we will stand together, united against extremism, wherever it rears its evil head. Thank you very much. After the vigil, I talked with one of the speakers, Faizan Haq president of Western New York Muslims. Um, my message is uh, that we have to think proactively that why violence is becoming so prevalent, so frequent. So we have to counter the conversations which go the south, uh, which go in the negative way. 
when we are sitting around dinner tables or having conversations with our friends. If these conversations are not right, we should challenge them and we should confront them in the beginning before they become such a huge problem for us. A lot of young people in here today, and it's interesting, there's messages about social media, there are messages about video gaming. Yes, that's my message was that in video games, a lot of times the video games, they are using the attire of Muslims and Muslim get-ups and Muslim symbols as places to shoot at or to kill. And it becoming so the young person who's, raising, who's getting raised in, uh, in Western societies is not getting the right message about the world. We all have to live in this world and we have to work together. Just to be reaffirming to you and other leadership here to see so many different faiths represented. This is, uh, this is a very, very special community that we have in Western New York. Whenever there is any trouble anywhere, we all show up. And this is the strength of our community. And I wish we could spread this strength elsewhere nationally and give people an example that this is how one for all, all for one, we, we stand with the Jewish community, with the Christian community, with the Hindu community, and they stand with us. This is how the society should be. That's 9.30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.